Hi, this is Yvonne Brown, and this is a JADcast, produced by JAD Communications International, the organization that helps women to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their highest potential at www.jadcommunications.com. Welcome. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's JADcast. Today we have with us Monica Smiley, who is editor and publisher of Enterprising Woman, a national magazine that is considered the voice of entrepreneurial women. She also serves as Chief Executive Officer of Enterprising Women, Inc., the magazine's parent publishing company. Originally started in the early 1990s, Smiley and her team brought this trademark rights to the Enterprising Woman name in 1999 and launched a publication under new ownership in May 2000. She is also co-owner and president of a marketing communications and publication consulting firm since 1984, and Monica has more than 25 years of magazine publishing experience. She's a mom like most of us, and we are really privileged to have her with us today. Welcome, Monica. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Monica, one of the first things that struck me when I read your bio was uh, the timeline it took to get to where it is today. So when and why did you start Enterprising Women magazine, and and why did it take so many steps along the way to uh, get to May 2000 uh, ownership? Well, Yvonne, the the magazine had actually existed um, under the ownership of another publishing company owned by a a gentleman, as a matter of fact. Um, He started it in the early 90s, and I I think that NABO, actually, the National Association of Women Business Owners, uh, provided some of the impetus behind uh, starting that uh, originally. But um, this gentleman actually sold his company and moved to Australia, and he turned the magazine over to a couple of women on the staff who had... I believe, pretty limited magazine publishing experience, and they published a few issues of it, and they, they pretty much abandoned the project and set it aside. Mm. Um, what happened was um, my publishing company had been in existence since the early 1980s, and we had been publishing, as you mentioned in my bio, a num- in a number of other industries, um, predominantly in the health and fitness industry. We had launched and, and run a magazine in that market for about 14 years, And um, sometime after my 40th birthday, I made the decision that the next magazine that we handled would be something that I really felt passionate about, that I could really connect with. Um, A number of the other projects had been profitable and had been, you know, interesting ventures, but uh, they weren't necessarily in areas that I was particularly excited about, you know, being involved, and I was just ready to do something that I could really um, put a lot of passion behind. So we actually took a look um, in the late 1990s, probably 97, 98, in that, in that uh, time range, Yvonne, at uh, some other markets to, to try to look at where the needs might be, what, where was there something that we might really be able to do something and make a difference. And uh, my managing editor, who had worked with me for a number of years, Carol Janae, uh, and I started thinking about whether there might, in fact, be room for a publication for women business owners. We knew that there was tremendous growth going on um, at that time in the number of women who were starting their own businesses. And, of course, um, I had been a women business owner myself, obviously, since since the early 80s. So it was certainly something I connected with. Uh, so we started to take a look at what might be out there. And at the time, um, Working Woman magazine was really the only thing that we saw that was out there. But it, it, it was always a publication that 
covered a huge um, expanse of, of readers from a woman right out of college getting her first job um, all the way through to um, executive women in corporate America to women business owners. But it seemed to be such a broad market that I wasn't sure that the magazine really connected with women-owned firms the way another publication might be able to. So we just got on the web and started looking and researching to see what was out there. And in fact, we came across um, a small website for enterprising women, which had been put up at the time the magazine was uh, still being published, but they had left the site up. Uh, the magazine was no longer available. Uh, we tried to phone them and email them and, and didn't get anywhere. And finally, I sent a fax, uh, and it happened that the phone line was still working. Uh, this letter landed probably on somebody's you know guest room bed, and uh, they picked it up and, and realized that there was somebody out there interested in doing something with enterprising women. Um, we were able to get in touch with the two women who had been involved um, originally with the magazine. They were out in the Los Angeles area. And I set up a time and actually flew out to Los Angeles, and I spent a couple of days with them. Uh, found out what they had tried to do. Um, took a look at you know all the materials they still had, which which really was just three or four boxes of of uh, files and what have you, with some contacts they they had made. But what I determined during that visit was that um, they were two women with with really good hearts uh, who had wanted to do something that perhaps might have been just a little bit ahead of its time at that time, and they had really lacked the resources to to make the thing work. And you have the experience. Well, exactly. We'd been doing this, and we'd launched other new publications. So um, we decided to, to go ahead and buy the trademark rights to the name. Um, we invested $10,000 to do that. And, um, you know, at the time, we, we could have just come up with a new name for the magazine. Certainly there are a lot of possibilities for names, and we could have started completely from scratch. Uh, but what we bought with, from them was not only the name, but um, some of the earlier connections that they had made uh, with women who had helped them and had contributed articles and so forth. And we just sort of, um, if you will, kind of bought into that network. Um, and we've certainly grown that network uh, dramatically here in the last seven years. But uh, we felt that what they had done was of value and that it was worth um, investing, you know, a little bit of money uh, to do that. And, and, and we're really, really glad you did that because uh, I've seen the magazine. It's a fabulous magazine. What's the greatest change you've seen in women business owners since you started, uh, when you, since you took over the magazine? Well, for starters, Yvonne, there has just been such dramatic growth in the number of women-owned firms. Um, we are really at the point now where women have parity with men in terms of, of the number of, of companies that they're running in the United States. We're, we're, you know, we're just about on equal footing with them. And that's a dramatic change um, that's occurred here over the last decade, but particularly over the last, um, you know, seven years now that enterprising women has ex has existed. And what has also happened is that um, the Center for Women's Business Research, which is a Washington D.C. based organization that really does all the uh, key research on the women business owners market. Um, has really put out some fabulous statistics that have told us that, you know, not only are we now at that point where we're running as many businesses as men, or, or nearly so, we are growing them much faster than businesses owned by men. 
and so uh, the, the information they've put out there has really made it possible in the past few years for women to get the kind of financing that they didn't used to be able to get. It's far easier now for women to go to the bank and get the funding that they need to start a business than it used to be uh, yeah, a decade that's, ago. That's true, and then you have things like Springboard and, and, and those kinds of uh, ways of generating the funds to get your business going. What dis- distinguishes an enterprising woman from any other woman? Well, we the, the magazine is really targeted to women who own their own businesses. So um, while you can certainly be enterprising uh, in your own way, working for someone else, uh, uh, we distinguish enterprising women as women who have taken that risk, taken that leap, and you know really stuck their necks out there and started a business that uh, they are the majority owner of. So uh, we find that there are gr- a great number of women who, even if they haven't started businesses yet, are dreaming of starting one. They would love to be able to own one. I would still call them enterprising women <laughs> because if they have that spirit and that spunk and that interest in doing so, um, chances are one of these days they're going to they're going to go for it. They're going to launch one on their own. And, and I, I'm glad you put it in those terms too, because I often wonder, since I network quite a lot and I'm connected with so many women organizations and I read a lot of the material out there. You know, is it, can you be an enterprising woman and be considered a success if, if you're not making a million dollars? Well, absolutely. And in fact, um, the vast majority of companies, uh, women-owned companies in the United States, don't make a million dollars. There's actually an interesting new program that's just been launched. Uh, In fact, there's a press conference coming up tomorrow on it called Make Mine a Million, and I don't know if you've heard about it, but the goal was... Is that Women's Leadership Exchange? Yes, it is, and and American Express is behind this, and Count Me In, which is the wonderful group that provides... um, funding for women through um, an internet um, source. If you go online to the Count Me In website, um, you can apply for funding for your startup business. Um, and uh, they're often women who have been turned down from traditional bank financing can, can go ahead and get, if they have a good business plan, they can go ahead and get some startup funding from this organization. They work with lenders, basically, and, and uh, use different criteria than banks use to assess whether or not a woman is going to be successful with, with a new business venture. But what they're trying to do, actually, is um, move things to the next level so that instead of just um, a small percentage of women with businesses having revenue over a million a year, we'll have uh, a far greater number, as many women running businesses with a million or more in in revenues, as men have. That's the goal. So uh, we're hoping that's going to change. That will be the next dramatic change that we see here in the next few years with uh, women-owned firms. And and I think I'll throw in a little plug here for you Chicagoans. WLE, Women's Leadership Exchange, is going to be here in Chicago on uh, May 17th. Check out the JAD website, and we'll have the event posted for you so you can register and attend that. I know I'm on their advisory board, so I attend every year, and uh, it's always very, very valuable. Monica. And we're a media partner as well, so we have magazines there to distribute at every one of their events. So, You heard that, folks. So go to the WLE event, and you'll be able to get a copy of the Enterprising Woman magazine and check out what Monica's all about. Monica, tell me about a challenge that you had to overcome uh, when or after you started 
the Enterprising Women magazine? Well, starting any publication is is quite a challenge uh, to do. It's um, not an easy market. People sometimes liken it to launching a new restaurant. Um, There's a a, a great challenge of getting that publication to the five-year mark. Uh, Many, many magazines don't make it to that level. Um, We really built this publication with the networking and the resources of the entire women business owner community. And and the way we really approached Yvonne was to make it clear from day one that anybody who was doing something that was good for growing the women business owner community was someone that we wanted involved with the magazine. Um, So any resource, I mean, I know all of us women love to network and take advantage of, of all those contacts, but... We really, um, if you will, exploited that <laughs> to the fullest. And we, we took a look at who the dynamic women were who were out there already doing terrific things for women business owners. Uh, people like Marsha Firestone, who runs the Women Presidents Organization, Amy Millman with Springboard, uh, Nell Merlino with Count Me In, Edie Frazier with the Business Women's Network, uh, Susan Berry with the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, Sharon Hadari with the Center for Women's Business Research, a number of women in that category who were really leaders and were were making uh, such inroads and opening so many doors for women. And we made sure that all of them were connected with the magazine, that we covered all of their events, that we uh, really fully partnered with them, attended their events, and promoted what they were doing. Um, and in turn, you know, we've received just a, a lot of support for the publication that way, and it's, it's grown, I think, majorly because of those partnerships with, with the women that I just mentioned and many others. And, and so uh, what's the uh, readership at this point? Do you have any idea? Yes, it's about 50,000, and what we're trying to do actually this year, we're uh, about to embark on uh, quite a big push for 2006. There is a, a terrific organization called Women Impacting Public Policy. Oh, yes, I'm a do member. You know of, yes, yes, I do. They're known as WIP, um, and that is a coalition of the 33 or so organizations that are all under the umbrella of, of um, women's business um uh, partnerships. So there are you know, groups that I just mentioned and then a number of others that are, that are involved in this coalition. WIP is interested in 2006 in really growing the number of individual memberships they have, and they're the group that's really the, the voice of women business owners in Washington. They're the public policy organization. They're actually really excellent, and Terry Neese is, is uh, truly inspirational woman. Maybe I'll get yes. her to do an interview one of these Well, days. you should, and Barbara <laughs> Kassoff actually now runs the organization, yes. as a matter of fact, but Terry and Barbara started it, and um, uh, what we are doing basically this year with WIP is um, doing some significant promotion to uh, hundreds of thousands of women entrepreneurs who have not um, been able to get involved in WIP to date. Uh, they may not be members of these coalition organizations, and also women who have not been exposed to um, enterprising women. So we're combining an individual membership in WIP with a one-year subscription to the magazine and really doing some um, very uh, major marketing this year to a l- very large group of women entrepreneurs and hoping to bring them both uh bringing all of them into uh, the WIP membership and the Enterprising Women readership this year. So we're quite excited about that, and we think it's going to help us expand our our distribution significantly and help WIP um, further represent an even greater number of, of women business owners. Tune in next week for Part 2. You've been listening to a JADcast. We hope this podcast helps you on your journey to achievement of your destiny. 
Remember to visit us at www.jadcommunications.com.